Welcome to the Going the Distance show. This is Albie Salsa, your host. In this podcast, I speak with interesting people doing interesting things in higher education. Okay, so yeah, it's Albie. It's short for Albert. Yep. Yep. My cousin who I spent like every day, all day with as a child's name is also Albie. So you're like the second one I've ever met sort of. (laughs) Yeah. That's like the third one I've ever heard of (laughs) (laughs) there. Okay. So I uh, live in this, there's this small downtown in the, in the city that I live in. I don't live in a huge city. And there's this um, guy who runs this record store. And he he refurbishes like old turntables and things like that, right? Okay, so I love this place. And I go in there, I'm buying something from him when I and I ask him what his name is, and he tells me that my name is Al, or you can call me Albie. <laughs> no way. So anyway, so he's like my best friend now. Every time I walk down downtown, I chop, pop in there just to, just so I can say hi, Albie. <laughs> I was going to say he's probably equally as delighted to meet you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Um, Aaron, okay, so listeners, I have Aaron Stein with me. Aaron, you're the regional, you're a regional VP at Motomatic, right? You got it. Awesome. Okay, so we've been talking about doing this podcast for I think maybe four months. So I'm glad we're finally doing it. Um, so why don't we just get started and um, tell me about who you are and how you landed at Motomatic, and then we'll start unpacking what what you're doing there, some of the cool things you guys are doing. Absolutely. So, um, right, you nailed it. Aaron Stein, Regional VP of Education Solutions at Modematic. Um, maybe before I dive to sort of like the, the higher ed, the career part, um, I'm happy to share. I'm, I'm based out of the Hudson Valley in New York. I left New York City after about 15 years, not so long ago. Um, I, when I'm not sort of doing a podcast or, or diving deep into the education space, my husband's a brewer. He's actually opening a new brewery. No way. Hudson Valley this Friday. Yeah. Oh That's super cool. Okay. Um, cool. I, ha- I have a, a brewery. Oh, uh, it's Union Street Brewing. The Union Street? Union Street Brewing out of Hudson, yeah. New York. Um, he's opened several other breweries before. He's worked a number of places. And so I have a a a, a, a I don't know if it's secret talent. I have a, another skill set, which is um, I've poured at a lot of beer festivals mm-hmm. and beer festivals are a lot like college fairs. They really are. They're still the same sort of like awkward eye contact. Are you coming over? Do mm-hmm. we, do we want to connect? I don't know. Let me repeat the same thing a million times, all keeping it super upbeat. Um, so that's, that's Maybe. kind of how we might spend some of our life outside, but um, yeah, I love to travel. Uh, we do a lot of cooking, um, and we just live in some of the most beautiful area in the country. So, um, so that's how, okay. So you're in Hudson. I don't know really New York <laughs> very well. So how far yeah. out, uh, so whereabouts in the state are you? Yeah. So, um, uh, we live about an hour and 40 minutes North of New York city. So okay. not so far, still very accessible. Um, mm-hmm. So go to the city a lot, but definitely getting much more into, um, the, you know, if you know the Catskills or um, a lot of like really sort of beautiful farm country that's up this mm-hmm. way. So nice, nice contrast to a, a, a decade and a half uh, in the city itself. But I love I love I love the city and the country. So, yeah, that's cool. I, I grew up about the same distance from San Francisco. Yeah. About, and it's yeah. a perfect distance from a, a major city like that, I think. 
you can do a big day trip um, mm-hmm. if you want to. So, yeah, I know it's um, we love love being here. Um, it's I I spent I've kind of hopped around maybe a little bit. I feel like I've had um, maybe on phase three of my career, if that can be a thing. Um, phase one was uh, my my undergraduate degree. My original background is actually in design. Um, I was my first job out of undergrad was as a retoucher. Um, but I always kind of stayed close to higher ed and, and had had taught at a community college in my early 20s and found my way um, to the enrollment space um, at the new school in Manhattan, where the sort of fast forward version, version of that is I was there for 12 years. I was um, held a couple different roles. I was there, uh, director of mission for Parsons School of Design, which combined my background in education and design. Um, and I was AVP for enrollment overseeing our undergraduate programs when I left the new school in 2021. Um, was really fortunate, um, pivoted to work at a wonderful company called Campus ESP, uh, which if you don't know, know it, they do parent and family engagement um, for universities. And I was there for about a year um, before I made the move to where I am now at Modomatic. And at Motomatic, we use a background in motivation science um, and social media to reach students um, that might have be unresponsive, unresponsive, um, aren't getting back to you, really speaking to, I think, sort of a change in how students might be receiving, consuming, responding to information. And we work with about 175 schools across the country. Um, I work in new partnerships and I essentially work from Maine to Minnesota and, and down to Florida. So um, really love working with our new partners, um, unpacking sort of maybe what keeps them up at night um, and being able to propose solutions that um, hopefully make their day-to-day better for their institution and their students. Very cool. And I want to get into um, what you're doing there at Motomatic. I first want to ask you about Campus ESP. Yeah. I had never heard of them and I just looked them up online. So tell me, tell me more about that. What it, what um, it looks like they, they have a large portfolio of clients over 300 colleges. Yeah. Oh, and I'll have to send this podcast to them after because I just, I have such glowing things to, to say yeah. about them and the work they're doing. <laughs> um, and uh, really sort of what was so inspiring to me coming from the higher ed space is during the pandemic, especially mm-hmm. in 2020 and 21, of course, you know, everyone's roles start to shift in higher ed and you're picking up all sorts of different things. And the piece I picked up was the host of the parent webinars for our incoming students. Um, so, right, just trying to share the information we had, what we didn't know, uh, timelines we didn't understand, and um, really was the first time that we had started to do a lot of parent communications. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in, in the past, you know, there's sort of, there was a time period, I think, especially pre-pandemic of this idea of, you know, we want to just focus on the student. Um, parents are only hearing from schools when something not great happens. Mm-hmm. And so by being able to put a more proactive um, um, set of communications into place for parents really can speak to not only sort of their fears, but also how they might be able to best help their child. So um, that was really inspiring to me about joining Campus CSP is that really is their focus. And they work with, like you said, a huge portfolio of Mm -hmm. institutions across the country on helping schools um, lift uh, a solution into place that is really going to take on some of the heavy lift of that parent and family um, communication and engagement. Very nice. Yeah, we're going through 
I'm going through the process now as a parent. My daughter's going into, she's going into her, her senior year. And I'm sure each kid is different. Each family is different. But I can tell you that what my wife and I think and how we're helping her is, is very important. I mean, yeah. critically yes. important. Yes. <laughs> so it, yeah, it makes sense. So um, one other thing before we get into Motomatic, and this is totally off topic, but it's more fun because you're a marketer. As you, when you Google something and there's a sponsored link and then there's the non-sponsored link right underneath it, but it's the same link. Which one do you click on? Ooh. Does it matter what company? No, I think I always go for the non-sponsored first. No, I know. I usually do too. Cause the sponsored yeah. one uh, costs them money, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that has, I've, I haven't thought through that process, but I think I, I am like, I'm like, mm, give me the real stuff, not the, yeah. the curated stuff, which maybe is the right way to think about it. Yeah. It might be it. slightly a little different, a different link. Right. right? Like yeah. I know how this works. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get into it. So you can, so another interesting point of connection that we have, I think I might've mentioned this to you is the founder of Motomatic um, was the founder, Alan Tripp. Yeah. The founder of Inside Track, and then before that, Score Educational Centers, both of which were uh, places that I worked for quite some time. Um, so I I had an opportunity to work with Alan quite a bit and know him uh, pretty well. Uh, so I think it's pretty cool uh, that he, I, when when I had heard that he had gone to Motomatic, and I didn't really know what it was, and when I had heard about it third hand, I thought it was just like banner ads following mm-hmm. students around the web. Yeah. you know, with, with, with inspirational quotes, I'm like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> but I think, you know, since talking to you and obviously since learning more on, on LinkedIn and whatnot, I can see that it's much uh, more robust than that. So um, can you give me just like high level, what it is you guys are doing and how your partners, your college and university partners benefit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of love that story also of sort of how how you might think a thing works or how you think something happens, because um, certainly um, we're having conversations all the time where um, someone might come in with an idea and you're sort of reshaping that. So mm-hmm. really at Motomatic, um, we we take a background in motivation science. So so when I when I say that, what I think of is is really in solving that question of not just getting someone to do something, getting a student to take a step forward, but speaking to the why. So, right, what's holding them back? What's keeping them from taking, you know, clicking on that registration page? Um, how do you speak to their fears, their blockers, um, maybe all that they're balancing? And so we take a really deep expert knowledge in that space and we use it to create um, social media ads, which we call guideposts that are specifically going to speak to that why while also um, reaching students where they're spending all their time, which is in their social. And when I say students, I mean, that's all of us. Let's, I, I think sometimes I, you know, you know, I mean, I'm about 40 and I spend, Instagram is the first thing I bring up when I'm on my phone. And so um, really speaking to students across all ages and by placing these guideposts to them to specific lists of students, we're able to reach a list of students that is probably really important to an institution. So generally, this is not so much on the lead gen side, but rather a university comes to us and says, oh, we have a huge list of students who stopped out. Mm-hmm. Or um, a community college probably has semesters worth of students that are applying. 
they're even, you know, it being admitted as a step, but they're not actually enrolling for classes. And so you end up with this really long list of students that were engaged enough, excited enough, they're right there, um, that they didn't take that final step forward. And of course, the pandemic made that all the more challenging. And then sort of the third oh, yeah. arm that we are often working with um, is even your current students. So especially at big four year at um, a community college, right? Even here we are, what, uh, mid-July, there are scores of students at most schools who were there in spring and they haven't yet registered for fall. And when we speak to schools, they might say, oh, but but a lot of them are going to come. And and many, and many of them will, maybe, maybe many of them will register late, but what if your team didn't have to spend all summer messaging students only for them to register that last week of classes. So reaching and moving students forward sooner. And then finally, sorry, this is, this has gotten long, but we are doing our work also at Modematic on a pay only for results basis. So we're doing this work via a via social to a list of students, but we only actually charge schools when a student takes a finish line action. So there's truly no cost to get started. There's no startup fees. There's no implementation fees. It's only if we can get a student to do the thing that we're asking them to do that we actually bill our partner schools. So um, really low risk way to get started. And we can typically get launched in um, about a week or two. Wow. Okay, cool. So there's a lot. <laughs> a lot this is great. I, I, um, I tend to find myself always being the person who develop who does pricing. So I, I might want to click into that a little bit and mm -hmm. if you can share, cool. And if you can't, that's okay. But um yeah. first and foremost, you know, I deleted my Instagram and I feel like it's like this badge of honor. I did. Because <laughs> I feel like I'm I, I really feel like I'm like the only person in the world who was able to do it, it feels like <laughs> it was Maybe. like it was hard. Yes. And I did it because the exactly what you're saying. I was just like this is this is just too much. Yeah. Um, but the, okay. So let's talk about stopouts. Stopouts sure. is obviously a big topic in, sure. in this space right now. Right. Um, and I think it's very important work for obvious reasons and helping all of these students with some college, but no degree uh, reach the finish line. Um, and I could think of just a few off the top of my head. You have reup clearly everybody knows about reup um, inside track. Most people know about inside track mm -hmm. is doing this work. Um, Complete You is another um, really cool company sure. that they're doing some some work in this or a lot of work in this space. So, how do you? Um, so it's interesting because I feel like when Reup got started, they were really the only ones who came in and they were like, "We're going to come and solve this problem," right? And even <clears throat> like Blackboard, where I was at, a big part of our work was um, was this work. Even though maybe most people don't know that they're specializing in that too. So there's a lot of groups out there who are going after the same piece of the uh, problem in the industry, but you guys are doing it differently. Like I, I feel like everybody else is sort of applying the same or a very similar approach, right? Give me yeah. the list, we'll call the list, we'll text the list, whatever it might be, some version of that. So when you're talking to a prospective customer and you're in a competitive process, right? So how do you, what's your core value prop and why would somebody work with, with you guys over one of these other groups that are going to place the outreach to the students. Absolutely. And, and you kind of spoke to it, right? And, and these are all great other solutions and companies to, um, to get started with. We do do our work differently. Um, so we are often coming into a space where the traditional channels are not working, which is call, text, e um, email. And so um, 
one, that that's a, the huge piece of it is we're going to students in a totally different space. Um, and this is, um, we are reaching a specific list of students like you might for um, sort of one of these other processes. And we're doing that by finding them not just in social, um, it's, it's the social that they use. So when we go out, we're essentially taking a list of students and matching them into the social platforms. And that is um, our expertise. We're a managed service. We are operating and keeping an eye on this on our own. We're creating all the t- content for you. Um, I feel like, like you said, a badge of honor. Some of mine is when we speak to a college marketing team and they love our content that we've created for them. They get to approve it. We brand it for them. We take their nomenclature, their guidelines. And then when they say, wow, this looks really good, or wow, this is even, this is more exciting than some of what we've been able to do already to be able to lift that kind of content into place. And then also just the model of, of driving action. So it gives opportunity to try with that really hard list or try with that list that you need to move really fast. And at Motomatic, we're also not a rev share. This is just one time to get a student's attention, to get them back to you, uh, to get them to take a step forward. Um, so all of those, those factors of really thinking about where are today's students? How are they consuming information? Regardless of the source, if they haven't opened the email for the, the last 10 you've sent them, the next 10, they're probably not going to open either. And so really speaking, I think, to um, the shifting ways that people consume and communicate um, their information is, is what we do at Motomatic. So it's a one-time fee. It's not a rev share. Right. Yep. So nice. it also gives, I, I love this part. It gives schools the opportunity to sort of project with us right? Yeah. We can we can have a project for fall. It doesn't need to be the same project for spring, depending on shifting priorities or shifting mm. behavior. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that that level of flexibility has also been really exciting to see. And I, and I agree with you, stopouts are a huge conversation, right? Not just other companies, but statewide initiatives that are in place to really engage yep. these students. One thing that we've found really exciting is, is there's great work in that space, but also um, especially for community colleges, those lists of students that applied but haven't attended mm-hmm. and teams don't have the capacity to work um, is where we just hear just so much excitement that, you know, if you can get 70, 80, 90, 150 students to register and your team didn't need to spend all summer calling them and emailing right. them is, is some of, I think, a, a lot of the, where our partners just get so excited. I can see... Um... I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who is working for a college and running enrollment and talking to you about perspective, maybe working with you. Um, do you ever, I would imagine you get this question a lot and it's like, how do you attribute your, um, the students who came back because of your work versus those who may, may have come back without you. Right. So this attribution question, how Absolutely. do you solve, how do you solve for that? What, how do you, what does that look like for you? Yeah. The the first thing I always think of is, is one that we hope one of the great answers to that is you're choosing the students you'd like us to reach, right? So I am positive. I mean, at every school, there's a group of students you have in hands, in hand, right? You're, you're the admission counselors, they're working them, they're reaching out they're, um, You've got, you've got, you, you know, you've got those in hand. There's probably a group further back that you're not be able to approach that thoroughly. So one, the choice of who you'd like us to use this approach on is, is in a school's control. And two, um, we, you know, 
we we do want to be thoughtful about the fact that we know not every single student on this list um, is is probably going to follow an A B C D tra- trajectory of how um, they might get to that finish line, and some of that has to do with they might look at um, a Modematic guidepost on their phone in the morning. Um, but they don't actually go in to fill out their registration on their computer until the next day or the next afternoon. So um, what we try to do is is also price these um, engagements in a way that feel comfortable and confident that even if not every single one of them maybe was from our efforts, that the majority of this list is being moved in a really impactful way that makes it feel exciting that um, that we're able to move the needle and get and get a group of students to take this finish line action. Okay. That makes sense. Um, okay, cool. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dig anymore on that. I'm going to move on. Is that cool? No, there absolutely. But I appreciate you asking because these yeah. are the questions that we hear and yeah. want to be able to speak to them and share our perspective and okay, how cool. we tried to create that lens. that will still feel really exciting for this kind of initiative. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I personally, I would love the fact that I'm not giving up rev share beyond that first, that term you bring them back. Yeah. So that alone I think is, is cool. Um, Okay, so if you had to like, if you look at your or your portfolio of clients, how do they shake out by industry sector, right? You have for your publics, for your privates, community colleges, for profits, like, and just roughly, you know, like, how does that look for you guys? Do you find yourself mostly working with community colleges or kind of what does that look like? It's pretty close to half and half community colleges and four years. Um, for your publics, for your privates, for your publics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, um, so, I mean, there's a couple of factors that contribute to that, which is, um, one, uh, access into institutions, right. There's, there's a, there's an honesty within us too, that we, we want to be really thoughtful if, if, if a large group of our students, if they're stopping out because of financial means, we probably can't necessarily change that piece of it. Um, and so certainly if there is a sort of accessibility intuition, that's going to be really helpful. Um, I would also say that size plays into this. So we, um, at Modematic, in order to do our work across social channels, we need to be work with larger lists of students. So we're, we're going out to several thousand students at the same time, which of course. Got it. Others, yeah. So um, there's certain, seg- there's certain, when you look at all of the, the, the universe of clients, there are a decent percentage that aren't even really good targets for you. I mean, not yet. Or I would say is there's, Mm -hmm. there's other things like we're always thinking about what else we can do and maybe not Mm -hmm. so much even the client, but just by the, um, by the, you know, if you have a list of 60, six zero stopouts, we we probably can't really help with that because of the way we work within social, there's constraints of how we can do that approach. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find, um, Okay, so you're doing this work, and this might be you know more downstream because you're doing partner development, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe your account executive team. But do they find that hey, we're doing this good work, we're generating the appropriate level of like reengagement, but as students try to re-enroll, mm-hmm. there are there are um, barriers or unnecessary friction points that exist at the institutional level. And if you're seeing that, like, how do you work with your partners to help them solve for that? Because I feel like that's the other part of the work when you're an outsourced provider is helping your institutional partners to remove some of those barriers and provide the feedback and the guidance. So it's a more seamless student 
process. Are you finding that? And how do you guys approach that? I mean, absolutely. Um, there, I mean, there's just so many systems out there that make some of this this really difficult for students. And and there's good reasons at play for some of it too, right? Like there are there are um, stop gaps put in there meant to help, but it certainly means that if someone has a really complex process and there are eight steps a student needs to take to re-enroll, there's only so much impact we can probably have across that many steps. For but what we're able to do um, and is um, we've started to sort of unpack, well, what what can we do to help those steps? So we've started actually reviewing and making recommendations for landing pages, because that's one of the first things we look at. And we share back with our partners to say, hey, we are getting a lot of people to this page and not a lot are moving forward. Can we make, could we help by making some recommendations of how we might change how we're getting them there? And then that next step, because it seems like they're, they're making it, but they, there's something isn't connecting or something is, is not clear. So that's a great part of the partnership that, that we really enjoy of, of trying to figure out how to help. And then also um, just trying to ask those thoughtful questions of, right, is this, this, this comes up when we launch with a school, is this step required as a recommended? Right, right. Can we, can we get a student to do this thing and we can make sure to keep providing the type of content that's going to encourage these other actions. But what if we can just get them in the door and, Mm -hmm. and write the order in which you solve some of the process becomes really important too. Um, Right. If there's a barrier or um, sometimes truly, and, and and I, I just, so many people are working so hard, but sometimes you might run into barriers that are just um, that are human, right. If, if the process is that someone has to go online to fill out a form to get a call back, um, that's sometimes puts us right back into the channel that hasn't been working to begin with. And so um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that we won't do those types of engagements. Of course, we want to help as many schools as possible, but we'll, we'll make recommendations as we go or really want to speak to um, how we might be able to get a student over that next step if there's potentially a delay happening or a step mm-hmm. that um, is really going to be time consuming in the middle. As you mentioned, the, the, um, step that requires a phone call from a person, mm-hmm. it made me mm-hmm. think about, um, AI and I'm wondering how are you guys thinking about AI? How are you thinking about maybe integrating it into what you're offering or how does it change the game for you or not really sure yet? I would say not really sure yet. Um, mostly I would say just because like we are in like our busiest part of the year right now. And so I think to, it, if I'm just speaking from my own perspective and, and I have so many great colleagues that I'm sure I know are taking a deeper dive, I'm just like, let's keep moving right now because leading up to fall registration is where we mm-hmm. are asked for just so much help and have so much activity, but certainly are thinking about how do we smooth some of these processes along the way? How do we, um, anytime a student can self-serve through a process ends up being generally more positive for that student, right? right? That there isn't mm-hmm. something that's slowing or stopping things en route. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I'm curious, like what you're finding, um, like what are the main, what have you learned about, uh, you know, why students drop out? Yeah, or why they stop out and what are the things that make them return. So I, I'm curious, like of all your, did you call them guideposts? Guideposts. Yeah. 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 So 
what are the the one what are the top performing messages or guideposts are you able to share yeah and it's well it's fun because it varies from school to school um yeah. and we always love we kind of love the surprises too that um you know like laughing with a marketing team where we're like the the guidepost that is working really well for you right now is of an image of someone jumping out of a plane and skydiving and like diving <laughs> into the semester and that's the one everyone clicks on <laughs> mm-hmm. and the, you know kind of things that they would have never gotten the opportunity to try without lifting something like mode magazine into place to see what's resonating um there's a a lot of right we have content that speaks to um right um, a comeback story, the fear of ugh, I left and like, it feels really overwhelming to go back and balance everything I'm doing already with school. Um, so I think of that, like fear of that next step. And so, so much of our content really addresses, um, that very emotional side to this of like, what's next. Um, so I think, I think a lot of, of those pieces, same goes for a student that never got started. Um, and then also it's like some of the help that really resonates is when we ha- we're, we're just talking to more and more schools about retention and that current students are missing deadlines. They might reappear eventually. And the amount of um, lift that takes from teams and resources over the summer and when really right, your current students just they're just not paying attention to their email and um, the sort of gentle hum that social can provide, you can you can approach it differently as a reminder, then of course you're not going to send someone five emails in the same day. But you could remind them on social two or three times mm-hmm. um, because we're so used to consuming and seeing it that way, right? Like that it isn't, it, and it is a reminder from a source that you know and that you know you need to take a step with, but you need sort of that ever-present like, yes, I will do it. The gentle hum. I like that terminology. That's really, really uh, cool. So I just think that, um, I don't know, maybe I feel like you guys are doing such amazing work and I just don't know to what degree, you know, everyone knows about you yet, you know, and it's so unique what you're doing as, and like you said, all these other groups are doing great work. And I know all of them that we just rattled off. I know people who are there who are amazing. So it's not like they're not doing really good work, but this is so unique what you're doing. And I I think we talked about this offline once, and I know you probably can't share because I think it's like your own you know intellectual property, but I'm just curious, how the heck do you track these people down? Like, Because th- that's the secret sauce, right? <laughs> is being able to find them on social platforms and then give, get them the right message at the right time is ultimately what you're doing, but finding them on social, like I wouldn't even know where to start. Right. So what does that even look like? And I mean, if you can't share too much, that's cool. But like, how much can you share and what does it look like? No, no. And I'm, I'm glad you asked and I'll, um, I won't go too secret, secret into the sauce, but (laughs) essentially the thing that we're doing, that's really different. And this actually goes back to sort of maybe where we started, even where you're like, I thought you did this, or I'm assuming you did this. And one of the things, especially for marketing teams, makes sense, right? You hear social and you might think, I got that. We got that. I got a whole group of people or I hired somebody of an agency. We got it. I love that on our team, we say it's the fact that we appear in social media is actually the least interesting thing of what we do. Really like our core is in creating content and nomenclature and the motivation science aspect of really speaking to that's what makes us really special. But we are um, doing list-based social media targeting. 
And the, the reason that's that's different or often sort of as a snag is schools say, well, we do social, but and of course you do, right? Like you do it broadly, you speak to the wider institution and sort of the public facing probably, you know, incoming students, families, or schools may also do um, some geofencing or geotargeting, right? So you're saying, all right, I'm looking for 18 to 24 year olds within the state of New Jersey with a couple other parameters, and you're going to appear to those students. Modematic, we're taking a list of students that you gave us and we're matching them with our social. And that is our other expertise. Um, so that that the ability to appear to a list of students that has it's really oftentimes more bottom of the funnel work, right? They've raised their hand, they've taken a significant action, they know you. Um, and so I think that's often just a conversation that we have is, is an assumption about how we might work rather than the work we're, we're actually doing, which is with your students very close to home, really thoughtfully and appearing to them rather than taking some of these broader sweeps, which of course have their own purpose and benefits in other ways. Mm, that makes sense. <clears throat> so again, if I have my hat on, excuse me, of running uh, an enrollment team or a marketing team for a college and you give me that response, I might start asking, and I'm wondering if you get pulled in this direction, um, hey, can you help me with my comm plans? Can you help me with the messaging that I send out via email or via text or whatever, right? Can we use your motivational science to help craft messages, messages that we're sending out via other methods? And do you mm -hmm. do that work or do you turn that work down or what does that look like? Not, I not, know you get asked, you get asked, right? Yeah. There's, yeah, okay. there, and, and there's like, I feel like the reason I work in Motomatic is the possibilities are endless, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is, I met my now, um, boss at uh, Acro in 20, only 2022 last year. And I was like, what are you doing? I had just gone to, go to get, get some free coffee from him as a, at some conference swag. And we just started chatting, right? Because you have to chat a little before you take the swag and just run away with it. But the I was like, I, I really sort of stopped me in my tracks and I, and I couldn't get out of my head because I was like, no one else is doing this. This seems like so exciting and so engaging the fact that the risk is taken out for the school, right? If it doesn't go great, that's fine. Cause your, your, your financial investment isn't, isn't there. Uh, we take on the risk for partners. We only do well if the school is doing well in this engagement. So, um, right. Like that it's, um, you know, I, I think there's so many directions we want to take it and really are focused on some of these like big sort of these big populations right now, but absolutely recognize the potential for other types of engagements. We have schools too that might say, hey, I have a, you know, I know at my institution, we have a lot of students that don't complete their applications, right? So that might be a metric we use in the finish line action is actually an app submit or um, an app complete, or um, we've been doing, uh, we actually did a lot of deposit and, and still are doing deposit campaigns for this year's class. Um, and we, we, and we really kind of take each of these engagements into consideration differently and work together with the school, both on the steps. Um, and, and, and from there essentially propose different, like how, how well we think we can do and, and what that pricing would look like. Right. That makes sense. Okay, cool. So, um, Gosh, what else do you want to cover off? I feel like I, sorry, I know I just was like rapid fire asking you all sorts of questions, but it's very interesting to me. Um, I feel like a level of uh, satisfaction. I feel satisfied with how many questions I've asked. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but what else? Like, is there anything else, you know, as we're talking that has popped into your head or even coming into the conversation today that you knew you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I I think I think you bring up a point that I think about all the time, which is we are in many ways still becoming known, even though mm-hmm. we're almost at 200 partners. Wow. Yeah. We work with some big systems too. So we work with the Wisconsin Technical System, we work mm-hmm. with the Texas A&M system. We work with 40 of the community colleges in California, including the San Diego and Ventura Community College districts, Um, in addition to sort of like a host, like a a long list of um, of institutions, you know, across, you know, almost every state. So it's been exciting to see the progression, um, to see the speed in which we can react. I mean, I. I've just never, I mean, I'm working on the college side, working at, you know, a a second um, partner company. I I just don't know of anything else where like, I met a school on a Wednesday this uh, past spring, like first time, first conversation. And then the the following Wednesday, we were launched. Yeah, that's real fast. That's real fast. It's, it's, and I, I, you know, it's, I just never seen anything like it. And it's so exciting. No, so you're, you're talking, if you're going to spin up a call campaign, right? Yeah. yeah. You're talking a minimum of six weeks, minimum yeah. of six weeks launch. And you're yeah. talking, and that all of the stars have to align. Yes. Um, you're talking more like two, two, three months sort of thing. I mean, if it's only a list, it's a little shorter as opposed to like a full like coaching program, but that's so much faster. And think about um, if I'm if I'm out selling a service that is, um, and my service is we're going to call and text your students. Yeah. Right? Pretty soon, I'm already at the, so we're at July 11th. You know, I can't get launched until you know August 20th. It's too late. So yeah. what I'm saying is, this time of the summer, you're really your your value proposition and competitive position increases because other people can't get launched as fast as you can. So, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, you, know, you know, this stuff better than anybody. Right? You're like, yeah, I know. Albie. No, well, no, it's just, it's, it, it is like, it's truly like that incredible. Um, and, and, and ex- exactly sort of that's, that's that speed to launch. Um, I mean, we, we also, we recognize this moment. We do as much work on the back end on school's behalf as we can, because we know the contracting part is probably the part that takes the longest. And yeah. so we start to spin stuff up and start to move in a way that we know we need to take schools live as soon as we can in order to help them because they're on a countdown to the start of the semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So when is the next um, beer festival that you're going to be out passing out <laughs> beers? <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know what the next festival will be. I was at Tap New York earlier this year, um, back in May, mm-hmm. but um yeah, no, it's uh it's 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 fun to you know it's, I don't I don't know if your work is full remote but but mine yeah, is it's, it's I, full. Yeah. yeah. I, I need to do things full. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we live like I live pretty far out now. We're like on a okay. three and a half acres and we're um I mean I'm 10 minutes from the closest. I'm 10 minutes from anything. Mm-hmm. And that anything is a gas station. Right. And I'm going to, I'm like another 10 minutes from stuff. Yeah. But we're only, we're only 35 minutes from Boise. So I'm not, I'm not that remote in the grand scheme of things, 
but like yeah. in our specific location, we're pretty far out. So what I'm trying to say is um, I'll go several days without even leaving home. Yep. <laughs> I don't know about you, but <laughs> so anyway, get, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So you're fully remote. And so it's nice to get out and pour beers. Is that where you're going with it? Yeah, no, or just like, it's, it's, it's nice to have a, I'm, I'm glad my husband like works in the real world. Um, yeah. it, so, cause it, it gives me a good connective space. It also makes me laugh. Like I, I'm constantly offering people. I'm like, we could do, like when I'm reaching out, you know, or, or schools I'm working with it, then, you know, I'm like, I will come to you. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm still getting a lot of like, I mean, maybe, but I'm like, no, I, I'm like, no, I would no, be delighted. To I, will, I'll be, I, will, I will come to your campus. <laughs> Let's have a chat like in real life. And um, yeah, that's like, it always makes me, I mean, I, I obviously like the flexibility and the, the opportunity that remote work creates is wonderful, but it does, you know, it's, it's, I'm so thankful for conferences. I'm so thankful for um, being able to go out and, and, and meet others in real life. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah I, I need, I need to do that. I have not hit the conference circuit since I've been doing my own thing. And it's been almost two years in September. It'll be two years and I haven't hit one. I need to, I, I was pretty regular on the conference circuit when I was at Blackboard, but um, I, I probably need to do that. So maybe next year we'll see each other out there. Yeah. I think, um, I, I, I think it's going to happen, but yeah, I, um, well, well, cool. How do, um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about Modematic and working with you? Yeah, um, I, I'm a big lover of LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. So happy to answer messages there. Um, I'm also just at Aaron at Modematic.com. Cool. And um, yeah, happy to answer questions about really anything I've shared. I've, I've also appreciate I get a lot of messages about the career pivot aspect of, of mm-hmm. you know, campus side um, versus this kind of work, which is, I think, always just a really engaging um, conversation. There's, there's great things to both. So, yeah. Very nice. You've been an amazing guest. This has been, I knew it was going to be a good conversation and I think it was. So thanks so much. No, thanks for all your questions. And, um, really like to me, just meeting and and having conversations with schools that the more questions, the better, right? Like there's a lot of flexibility there's a lot of excitement, what we do, but the best part is just really being able to unpack it with someone else and, um, and really figure out what might be best for, for, a, you know, a particular institution. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Aaron. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me.